chapter nine of recollections of a missionary in the great west by cyrus townsend brady this librivox recording is in the public domain recreation and instruction are combined in a very effective way in the great chautauqua assemblies which are held in the west and which seem to find a more congenial environment there than in the east some of the ablest addresses the finest sermons the most interesting lectures i have ever heard have been delivered at these assemblies they are attended by whole families but of course crowds of young people predominate a local druggist in a town near which one of the principal assemblies used to meet remarked to me one day that he had made every preparation for the coming chautauqua and was ready for it he was not of a literary turn of mind and as i was curious to know i asked him what his preparations consisted of doctor he replied impressively i have laid in six thousand pieces of chewing gum i think he sold them all before the session closed i suppose that chewing gum was considered an aid to meditation the maxillary motion seems to have a stimulating effect on the mind that reminds me of a clerical friend of mine who had a fatal fluency in speech his sermons were torrents of verbosity he was asked how he managed it why he replied gravely i get my mind fixed upon a subject and then i just unconsciously cerebrate and keep my jaws moving i think that chewing gum would have been an assistance to him a sense of humour too would have helped him speaking of cerebration reminds me of an achievement performed by a scientific little giant well known and loved throughout the west for his successful grappling with the chinch bug problem i suppose there are millions of people who have never heard of the chinch bug on the other hand there are several millions who know him intimately to their very great sorrow the vicious little insect which the century dictionary calls a certain fetid american hemipterous insect of the genus blesus is a little bug about an eighth of an inch long grayish-black in color with white markings they literally swarm in the wheat and cornfields by the millions they crawl through a field with remarkable rapidity and the line of their devastating advance is as clearly marked as if the grain was being cut by a machine for a long time the farmers were helpless before their attack dr francis h snow the chancellor of the university of kansas an entomologist of world-wide reputation that is he is known everywhere except in the east where there are no chinch bugs after a long course of brilliant experiments discovered the method of inoculating the bug with a deadly and very contagious disease he also discovered the disease he then conceived the brilliant idea of distributing a few of the inoculated insects in a field where the destroying armies had made their appearance and wonderful to relate the experiment proved to be a great success an epidemic of disease superinduced by the few inoculated insects swept through the chinch bugs and saved that particular crop his work which comprised not only the discovery of the disease but the method of artificial inoculation and propagation and the preservation of the inoculated bugs during the long winter season so that he might have a supply on hand with which to begin the summer campaign was one of the most beneficial of the gifts of science to the welfare of humanity 
the money value of property saved by his labors freely and ungrudgingly given amounts to millions of dollars an enormous sum the experiments of several years have shown that upward of seventy per cent of the fields operated upon have been saved and the cases of failure are due to local causes which are beyond control during the busy season the farmers send in boxes of live bugs to the university and receive in return by mail a sufficient number of the inoculated insects to do the work a field in the grasp of the cinch bugs is a horrible sight where they have been the stalks wither and rot and the inevitableness of their rapid attack upon the remainder of the field covered with tufted heads of wheat or broad corn leaves waving in the breeze is a painful spectacle if you examine the line of attack closely you will see that each stalk is fairly blanketed with these loathsome little pests sucking the life-blood out of it a great big cornstalk shivering under the drain of these insects looks like a human being in agony there was a man once in a little town i visited who kept a general store he was approached one morning by a farmer who was indebted to him in some small amount with a request for an extension of time on the plea that the cinch bugs were in the farmer's corn and that his crop was being ruined cinch bugs nonsense exclaimed the storekeeper rudely i don't believe there is a cinch bug within a mile of your field they are there by millions i tell you millions cried the storekeeper incredulously i'll tell you what i'll do i'll give you a dollar and a half a gallon for every gallon of the bugs you bring in to me done replied the debtor there were several witnesses to the bargain and without saying a word the farmer turned and walked out a day or two after he drove back to the village with a large ten-gallon can tightly covered which he unloaded from his wagon and rolled carefully into the general store there were the usual number of country idlers in the store at the time who were interested witnesses of the conversation that ensued what have you there asked the merchant suspiciously something for you what is it cinch bugs answered the farmer calmly lifting the lid and showing the can completely filled with a horrible mass of the hideous insects tumbling and wriggling like mad there's ten gallon of them he continued and i take it that you owe me fifteen dollars for the lot that will just about square my little bill and i will thank you to give me a receipt for it cover it up quick for goodness sake before any of them get away hastily remarked the astonished shopman amid the uproarious laughter of the bystanders then after asking if the contents clear through were in accordance with the top layer and receiving an affirmative answer declining a suggestion that he could examine the case and see for himself the merchant went back and gravely wrote out the receipt that was all the farmer got out of his wheat-field that year too the story was too good to keep it got into the local papers and was quoted all over the state every mail brought letters of inquiry to the unfortunate shopkeeper asking for his latest quotation on cinch bugs and whether he paid the freight or wanted them delivered f o b how he would have them shipped and so on he was dismayed at first but he said afterwards that he believed that he had received a thousand dollars worth of free advertising out of the incident so he was content 
the farmer had simply taken his boys into the field with tin cans and they had stripped stalk after stalk and had no difficulty in getting the amount that they brought in it is not safe to make statements without considering the consequences i have heard of an eminent bishop a southern bishop renowned for his wit who came north shortly after the close of the war of the rebellion to get some money to carry on the missionary work of his sadly shattered diocese he had succeeded in securing a tentative promise of ten thousand dollars from a certain wealthy individual with whom he was to dine that evening in company with a number of other guests one of the company with incredible rudeness asked the bishop during the course of the dinner how they felt down south at being licked i think he must have been drinking the bishop like the gentleman he was parried the question but the questioner persisted in his desire and attracted the attention finally of the whole table to his query the bishop was human most bishops who are worth anything are and he finally lost his temper you ask me my young friend how we feel down south at having been as you say licked he said with urbane courtesy yes sir well sir i will tell you we feel like lazarus like lazarus eh pretty poor asking for crumbs replied the other chuckling at his own humour no sir answered the bishop i do not refer to that phase of his character what then why lazarus was licked by a dog sir we can sympathize with him sir it was a brilliant and well-deserved bit of repartee but it lost the bishop his ten thousand dollars if i had been the intending donor i think i would have given him twenty thousand dollars for his pluck and his wit speaking of bishops reminds me of another bishop who was entertaining a modest young friend of his from the country at a hotel conducted on the european plan the bishop was suffering from indigestion it is a chronic complaint with bishops and travelling missionaries in general they have to eat so many different things in so many different places that it is a wonder that they have any stomachs left the bishop had ordered for himself a large bowl of milk toast there was nothing the matter with the digestive apparatus of the bishop's visitor but in the presence of a long and elaborate menu in a foreign language he felt somewhat undecided and while the bishop was otherwise engaged for the moment he whispered to the waiter to bring him the same things the bishop had ordered what was his amazement and disappointment and the bishop's surprise as well when a few minutes later the waiter brought in two large bowls of milk toast one of which was put at his place instead of the tempting repast which he had anticipated one of the most interesting characters and one of the finest christians that i ever came across in my western life was general guy v henry of the united states army recently deceased he was then only a colonel of cavalry he had one of the downstairs rooms in that same boarding-house in which i was an inmate with the dean to whom i have referred in the first paper the maid-servants of the house slept in a small room off the kitchen which was a basement affair the house was a four-storied one and i lived in the garret about two o'clock one morning every one in the house was awakened by a series of the wildest shrieks proceeding from the basement i never heard such a commotion the maids rushed up into the hall in a state of frantic terror screaming that there was a burglar in the house and that their room had been entered 
i sprang out of bed dragged on a pair of trousers seized the poker tore down the stairs and reached the kitchen as i was the youngest of the men in the house before any of the others the window was open the ground outside was just on a level with the window-sill gallantly clutching the poker i climbed through the window and ran down the yard to the back fence it was a bright moonlit night and the burglar was just disappearing around the corner there was nothing i could do so i waved the poker threateningly at him climbed off the fence and started back to the house when i reached the window i dropped to my knees and prepared to crawl through to the kitchen just as i thrust my head into the darkness of the room i felt a round ice-cold piece of steel firmly pressed against my right temple and a voice as cold and hard as the barrel of the pistol sternly directed me to remain perfectly quiet and make no noise else i would get the top of my head blown off the sphinx itself would be a vibrant creature beside me at that moment i was as immobile as a pyramid notwithstanding the fact that my heart was beating like a trip-hammer the cold voice called for a light and when the gas was ignited an iron hand was applied to the collar of my nightshirt and i was dragged inboard good heaven said the colonel starting back in astonishment but still keeping his pistol pointed at my head this is a fine position for a theological student to be in what are you doing here at this hour it took the hardest kind of explaining to convince the colonel that i had come down there as a knight-errant to rescue the maids and was not the burglar when i had succeeded in convincing him that i was innocent he remarked well i don't see why you did not say who you were before i replied that nothing on earth would have induced me to open my mouth under the circumstances that he had told me to keep quiet and with the barrel of his revolver at my head i fully intended to do so the colonel was one of the manliest and gentlest men i have ever met and as versatile as he was brave there was a young couple in the house who had a baby they were too poor to have a nurse and were therefore deprived of the pleasure of attending church together they were a very devout pair and their inability to be away from the baby at the same time was a great deprivation to them on sunday evenings not once but often i have known colonel henry to slip away from his family and go upstairs and take the baby and care for it the whole evening so that these two young people could go to church together he was as good a nurse as he was a soldier though some of his methods and remedies were certainly peculiar i remember seeing him on one occasion after services rocking to and fro holding the baby clasped tightly against his breast and when he was asked if the infant had behaved itself he replied no it did not not at first that is it seemed to have some kind of a cramp or the colic but i fixed it all right what did you do for it colonel well i have some fine old holland gin down in my room and i gave him a good dose of it and you see the result heavens exclaimed the young mother in a fright clasping the infant to her breast maybe you have killed it no i haven't replied the colonel imperturbably it's all right i have not been in command of a regiment of men for ten years without knowing how to take care of a baby madam the man had been shot to pieces in the indian wars some of the bones in his face were supported by artificial plates he was a scarred and battle-worn veteran 
the story of his exploits stirs the blood he looked his career too and there was a strange contrast in the picture presented by the dashing brilliant soldier calmly nursing the little baby colonel henry bore a prominent part in the spanish-american war and was the first governor of puerto rico he came to see me in the cabin of a government transport off san juan where i was lying deathly ill with camp and typhoid fever contracted in the service i was miserably sick but not too sick to read in the dreadfully wasted appearance of the stern-featured kindly old soldier who said words of encouragement and greeting to me that he himself was in a bad way he stuck it out in spite of every entreaty from his friends and the advice of his surgeon until he had accomplished his task and had been relieved at the close of his tour of duty then he came home and quietly folded up his hands and died like the soldier and gentleman that he was without complaint and without parade he just as truly died for his country as if one of the many bullets which had stricken him down in some of the many fields in the rebellion and indian wars in which he had been in action had ended his life he was one of the humblest and most thorough-going christians that i ever knew i remember many times his telling me of the church services that he had conducted the march was never so hard the pursuit never so hurried the cold never so bitter the heat never so burning the danger never so imminent but that he would find time to take out his little warm prayer-book and read the service of his church god bless him peace and rest to his memory he was not the only hero i ever knew the world is full of heroes and this was a humble one but he fairly came in the class he was a conductor on one of the railroads upon which i frequently travelled and i knew him very well my first impression of him was that he was a widower i knew he had one son a lad of whom he was very fond the boy was attending school at a country college in a little town through which the railroad ran the youngster was always brought down to the station on the arrival of the train every other day for a word or two of greeting with his father when his duty permitted the conductor used to sit down in the seat by me and talk about his boy the man lived for the child alone he saved his money for his education and for one other purpose and spent little or nothing upon himself one day i noticed that his finger was roughly tied up and i asked what was the matter he hesitated a moment and told me he would tell me when we passed the next station there was a long interval after the next station before the train stopped again and he came back to me and sat down by me well he began you know my boy yes i replied i think everybody on the road knows him he's a good boy and he had a mother once my wife of course the gravity of his demeanour prevented me from smiling at his naive announcement and i simply nodded my head we were as happy as could be in our home wife and i and the lad until one day she suddenly went crazy i think it was in her family and she has been crazy ever since she is in a private retreat back in ohio and i took a vacation the other day and went back to see her as i always do twice a year go on i said with growing interest well sir when i was shown into her room last week she came toward me and i stretched out my hand to her then she sprang at me and caught this finger in her teeth 
he hesitated couldn't you pull it away i asked yes i might have i suppose but she was crazy poor thing and she did not know what she was doing i was afraid i would hurt her so he stopped again what did you do nothing at all sir i spoke to her kindly and i just let her chew it until she got through she nearly bit the top off he remarked quietly getting up from the seat and going toward the door as the train slackened up nearing the next station the women especially the wives of the clergy were heroes too i have heard of one who played the little organ in the church until she was forced to resign her position which was without emolument on account of another baby but a few months found her back in her old place the baby's cradle sat by the organ now and the faithful musician pumped the organ with one foot and rocked the baby with the other in addition to all this she led the singing and it was good singing too i call that heroic End of chapter nine